New Testament for today, Matthew chapter 2. We're going to start in verses 1 to 3. And it's the story of the wise men. And today I want to talk a little bit about their wisdom. They were wise, they were very wise. The question is, on this Christmas day, will we be wise? Will we take the wisdom that they showed and show that to those around us and show that in our life and move forward in our life not only this Christmas season, but as the year ends and into the new year. But first, <coughs> let's take a look at verses 1 to 3 of Matthew chapter 2. Now after these things, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the, from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Who were these wise men? They, first of all, it says that they came from the east. There were three magi, or kings, or high priests, possibly. But we don't know for sure, but we know that they were of royalty of some sort. And they were, came from the east, so <coughs> some say Persia, some say that maybe even the Orient, you know, because we have the song, we three kings of Orient, or, you know, far, whatever. And so we don't really know the exact location of where they're from. Later traditions actually put names on these guys, and they call them out by certain names, which then kind of gives us a better clue of where they're from. And so we find out that they have three kings here, and we also know later on in verses 12 to 14 that they also brought gifts. Each one had a gift to give, and three of them, so three gifts. Now, we believe that they were from, like I said, Arabia, that being Persia at the time, or from Babylonia or Chaldea. Chaldea would have been where modern-day Iran is today, or Iraq, and so that, that area, the Middle East. Now, it tells us that they were magi. Well, magi could mean a lot of things. In the, in, the Old, in the Old Testament, we find out that magi were also known as maybe astrologers or magicians. Um, they, were, they were people that knew the stars. Okay? And also, it could have been priests, like I said earlier. We don't know for certain, but we do know that they were wise. We do know that they had wisdom that these three guys got together and realized something about a star that had just started shining, just <coughs> around the time Jesus was born. And that star was to be a signal to them. Now, what evidence do we have that these guys are wise? Well, first of all, let me give you three things. First of all, they were wise because they followed the leadership of the Lord God. They didn't know about this, about this child. They only knew about the prophecies about the child. In fact, in the Old Testament, we find that there's a prophecy, Bethlehem Ephrata, even though you are small among your brothers, a great light will shine from you. And then the government will land upon you. A, a son will be born to you. And the government will lie upon his shoulders. You know, talking about the one who is going to come who is going to lead and guide them into a new truth, into a new life, 
into a new existence. I don't know if you remember your salvation, but you were once dead, and now you're alive. A new life was given to you. You didn't deserve it. It wasn't that you worked for it. None of those things happened. In fact, the Apostle Paul says you cannot work for your salvation. It's by faith that we have been saved. Faith in the one who is the author of life. Now, who did these guys think they were coming to find? They were trying to find the one about the prophecy. And so they came from a a land far off. And as they came, they came knowing that no matter what height they had in their country, there was one higher than them. I don't know about you, but that's important. It talks about the humility of these wise men. Are we humble? (coughs) Or we think that, you know, Christmas is about us. Christmas is about giving the right gift to the right person and getting the right gift from the right person and making sure everything's all hunky-dory and, you know, the food is cooked right and the people who are coming over are going to behave themselves and we're going to behave ourselves, whatever. All that party stuff. It's not. It's about humbling ourselves. I love the scene when the shepherds finally go into the manger. They go find Jesus, barely born, newly born. And they go into that manger with all the animals and the smells and the sounds and (coughs) all that stuff. They go in there and they bow before him. These These little shepherds, lowly shepherds, probably not esteemed much in that culture. In fact, shepherds weren't esteemed a whole lot in the culture. And now, three kings, people of stature, are coming to that same scene. In fact, as we look at verses 14, let's see, where were we? Yeah, 12 to 14. It says this, And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, I'm sorry, let's go back. Uh, Verse 10, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and they came into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Wow. They couldn't resist it. They couldn't stop themselves. These are higher-ups. These are presidents, prime ministers, Whatever equation we can put for a king in modern-day society, and they go into this dirty, ugly, messy place. It wasn't a hospital room. It wasn't the recovery room. It wasn't sanitized. And they fall down in their royal robes onto the ground where cows and sheep and goats and whatever are trodden around in there. And they fall down and they worship him. They don't worship how we worship. They didn't worship how we worship. You worship all sitting down, all nice, comfortable, kick back, whatever. When they worshiped back then, whoever they were worshiping in front of them, they fell down. They fell down and put their hands out. They were on their knees. And sometimes, if they really wanted to worship, they just spread out. It didn't matter what the condition of the floor was. Sometimes there was no floor like this manger. Sometimes just dirt and hay and stubble. 
Maybe it was a road, or maybe it was a palace. Didn't matter what, didn't matter what the surface was. It was a matter of who they worshipped. And they would get all muddy, and they would get all dirty. They didn't care about that. They cared that they found the one they were looking for. They found the Messiah. That is evidence of a wise person. They don't care about the circumstances that surround them. They don't care about what, what, where they're at or what they're doing or what other people are going to think. They don't care about that. <coughs> they care about worshiping the one in front of them. They care about the focus of their praise. Think about that. Think about that as we, as we worship God. When we worship God here, on a Sunday morning, we're singing songs of praise and all that. Are we, wor- are we worried about the people around us? Are we worried about what they're going to think? Well, if I raise my hand, they're going to think I'm Pentecostal. If I stand up, they're going to think, you know, this. Or if I Who cares? Who cares what they think? <coughs> You're going before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You should care what he thinks. wants you to worship. They determined to seek the one that they had been waiting for. The star in which they saw in the east went before them until it came and rested over where the young child was. There was something special about that star. Isn't that cool that God himself, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, I don't know if you guys have one of those computers where you can grab things and move it over just with your fingers. You guys, have, you guys know what I'm talking about? There's computers that have got touch screens. And you can, put up, you can put up a universe. It's like in the movies, like in Star Trek, when they go into, the, when they go into the, um, uh, that recreation deck and they have the, all the, and they, and they have all the, what is it, the holodeck. They put in the holodeck and they put, okay, give me the, uh, the northern hemisphere. And it comes up. And then, you know, dad, Data goes in there and he starts moving stars around. That's what God does. In fact, sometimes he doesn't have to move a star. He'll just create a star with his hand, with his finger, with his word. And he says, I'm going to put it right over where I know they're going to be. Amazing. Zing. Beyond. Because that was his son. He wanted everybody to know. Why do we put up Christmas lights? Why do we put, you know, some kind of a thing on the top of the tree? It's because it's supposed to represent the star that settled over that stable to show that the promise had arrived. And that God heralded the promise with the star. The star was God's making. It was supernatural. And I know we could probably talk to astrologers and all those kind of guys today and say, well, there was congruence of this and that, and Venus lined up with Mars, and it's part of the Aquarius. Oh, no, that's a song. But anyway, (laughs) they could say all that. Fine, say all that. You finally figured out how God did it. God still did it. He did it. 
just didn't happen by happenstance. No. You can't get the, the planets to line up unless someone makes the planets. Let's go back to the source. Let's always keep that in mind <coughs> when we listen to people try to explain things in the heavens. Yeah, you're explaining it after the fact. Somebody else made it. Number two, the wise men were also wise because they sought Jesus for the right reason. They sought Jesus for the right They came to worship a king who was going to bring peace on earth and goodwill to mankind. He was going to bring God's unconditional love, God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's power, all the things that God is, Jesus was going to be put into a man suit and wear it and give it out to us. It says he brought along with him the spirit who gives gifts to mankind. You have compassion because he had compassion on you. You know how to love because he first loved you. You know how to give mercy because he gave you mercy. This is the season where we watch Christmas movies and I have a tradition, I have three movies I have to watch or it's not Christmas. <laughs> and the, no. And the nativity isn't one of them. I should, probably should make that one of them, you think. But I watched Charlie Brown Christmas. Gotta watch that. Because he tells you what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And he quotes Matthew. <coughs> I watch White and Die Hard. I watch White Christmas. Right, you got you to snow, snow, snow. You got to watch that too. And then finally, in black and white, with one of the most famous actors in, in England at the time, Alistair Sim, I watch A Christmas Carol. And after he's visited by the three angels, his demeanor changes. He's given a new start. He's given a new life. And his old life was over at that point. The one who hated Christmas, bah, humbug, humbug, I tell you, turns into Mr. Christmas. In fact, at the end of the, at the, end of the movie, as he's walking away with Tiny Tim, and Tiny Tim's walking now, doesn't have a crutch anymore. It was known, the narrator said, that he kept Christmas well every day. Every day. The wise men came and sought Jesus out for the right reason. He was the meaning of life, of love, and the representation of God to man. Do we worship that same Jesus today? Are we wise to seek him out? Or has Christmas, as, uh, as Lucy said, has become a grit, a big racket by the Eastern Syndicate? We have to be wise and continue to make Jesus the reason for the season.
<clears throat> Finally, Matthew 2.11, it says, And when they had come into the house, when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men were wise because they gave Jesus the very best that they had. These gifts <coughs> mean important things because they came from important people. I don't know if you've ever received a gift from an important person. How do you, how do you handle that gift? How do you care for that gift? I'm not, not just talking about people that you love greatly. I'm talking about people that are important to you. There's two things. I mean, as children, we love our parents, and they love us, and they give us gifts, and two days later, we're breaking them. We say, we don't care for them, you know. But I can remember gifts that were given to me by people that were my bosses or over the head of the company or something like that that was meaningful, that they went out of their way for, for a reason. Those are really important. I still have some pens and a watch and other things that were given unto me because they were coming from important people. They gave gold. It's a royal gift. It's very expensive back then. It was the height. They didn't have platinum back then and double platinum and titanium. They didn't have all that junk. They had gold. That was a, that's why it was a gold standard. It was gold. That was it. That was the top. And they brought gold. <coughs> Jesus would be our king, the king of kings. And he doesn't want bronze. Don't bring him your pennies. Bring him your first fruits. Bring him your gold. Okay? Secondly, frankincense, often used in the Old Testament for sacrifices in the temple, also as perfume offered to the Lord. As Jesus would be our high priest, he was anointed with it. In fact, Mary anoints him because of his burial. It was part of keeping the fragrance and the spirit of God. It was known for that. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the next one. That's myrrh. But uh, frankincense was, a, was, a, was a, um, uh, an incense that burned in the Holy of Holies. It was one of the acceptable, one of the acceptable fragrances to God. And so that would be burning, so they gave, him, gave her that. And then myrrh, the embalming fragrance before Jesus' burial, because he was born to die and pay for our sins. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, how can we be wise, this question? <coughs> do we follow the leadership of the Lord in his word? Do we do the word? Or we do we just hear the word? Paul said, don't just be effectual hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Well, I don't like all of the words. I told you about my friend growing up, my friend in, in college. Did I, tell you about, I think I told you that story. Chris, I sit in the back row one time and, and uh, we were looking up, I think we were trying to look up John, something in John. And we turned to the page. And I didn't have my Bible with me that morning, so I'm looking through his Bible. And it's like falling apart. And I, and I thought, wow, this guy really gets into the Word. Bible's falling apart. That's awesome. And I couldn't find that. He didn't have John in there. He didn't have that one page. That page was gone. I go, dude, where's the, where's the page? He says, oh, I didn't like that page, so I ripped it out. He was joking because it was in the back. It had fallen out. So, <laughs> but the, 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 I mean, that's just the first thing. I didn't like it, so I ripped it out. Some people do that. They don't physically rip it out of the book, but they rip it out of their heart. 
they don't let it, they don't let it soak in. I don't like what that says. I don't, I'm not going to do that. I don't, I don't need to do that. Oh, that, th- this book's, you know, 2,000 years old. Really? Really? 2,000 years old, like for today? Right. Sure. You believe that. Okay, I will. Word, the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Unconditional love never goes out of style. Grace never goes out of style. Mercy never goes out of style. Compassion never. Purity never goes out of style. And if you think you can write your own scripture in your heart, you're going to be mistaken. You need to not do that. Because now, like it says at the end of the book, if one period, if one little comma is taken out of here, judgment will be upon the one who changes it. That's also the word of God. We need to be careful with his word. It is his gift to us, and we'd be wise to follow it. It was because these three kings knew the word of God as they had it. Old Testament, they had the book of Isaiah, they had the, the prophets, they had all these written, written things down in the Torah. They had the first book, five books of the Bible in there. <coughs> and in there, it speaks about the king who was to come. The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and mercy. It talks about Bethlehem. It talks about the, the firmament calling out his name. It talks about that in the Old Testament. These guys read the Old Testament. They were looking for him. If you look for him, you will find him. And there are many people around us today that this whole Christmas thing is not fun for them. Because they're looking for happiness and joy in the gift giving, in the eating of food, or in someone else doing something for them, they are not looking for Jesus. And if you have Jesus, you need to be like those shepherds. Let us go. Let us see what the angels has told us. Let us go. Let us see. And let us share what we have seen. Because they went away from there praising God, worshiping God, and telling people about it. (coughs) What will you give Jesus this Christmas? What will be your gift? How will you show him your best love? How can you, like frankincense, be a pleasant aroma at your gatherings that brings people in? If you can stay in the Holy Spirit, while the commercialization goes on all around you, then you will be celebrating his birth and his love and his grace to those around you. I pray you have a blessed Christmas. I pray today is wonderful for you. Even if it's just to take a nap, have a wonderful one. (laughs) It'll be nice and crispy outside. Have a great Christmas. But remember, Christmas is about our Lord and Savior. And the greatest gift we can give is not only to believe in him, but to be his minister all around us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much 
<coughs> for this time we have together to worship you, to adore you, to praise you, but also to hear your word. Lord, may we be like those wise men who came into the room and fell down before you, Lord. As we worship now through these songs of Christmas, may we worship truly before you and not worry about all the other stuff around us, those around us. <coughs> may we fall down upon that baby's manger and enjoy the face of our Lord and our Savior. Let us enjoy you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> 